Enough said. All right. Did anybody's internet go out yesterday? Our internet went out yesterday, and it's like our whole household came to a stop. Um, it is amazing the things that want to throw us off track. It's amazing how easily it is to get thrown off track. And we've been studying the children of Israel coming out of, uh, coming out of Egypt, out of slavery, out of bondage, and how easily they were thrown off track. I mean, I think it took two or three days. They didn't have any water, and all of a sudden they started saying how much better it was back where they were in slavery. Sometimes we go, we go so on in the wrong direction, um, and we need the Spirit of God, we need the Word of God, and we need wise people to come along and say, hey, you're off track. Come, let's get back on track. We've been looking at how to walk forward. The children of Israel were delivered from Egypt, and it was time to start walking forward. The problem was they kept wanting to look back. Um, is, uh, I, I want to ask you a question. Have you been washed by the blood of the Lamb? We sang that this morning, and it's one of those old-timey songs that just makes you feel good. Are you washed in the blood? Because I want to encourage you, it's, it's, a, it's a regular, continual thing. Now, Jesus doesn't have to continually die, but we have to continually come to the cross and to repent and to come clean. These songs are a reminder that you have a God in heaven that is ready to wash you clean. Anybody here come in here a little bit dirty? Did you not have time to take a shower? Some of you aren't sitting real close to others. <laughs> worship, worship is a reminder of who our God is. You know, we sang about mighty to save. We sang about the lion and the lamb. I've been listening to the lion and the lamb all week, and I've been running and listening to it. And I'm telling you, my spirit wants to explode as I'm singing that. I mean, I'm getting past the technical part and learning the lyrics. All of a sudden, the word of God starts welling up in me and wants to be released, released in joy and released in peace and in love and in victory. And the challenges that I face, I realize I've got the lion and the lamb in my behind me, in front of me, going before me, fighting my battles. I want to encourage you in worship to come clean. Come clean. Church is a place to be reminded, oh yeah, I stumbled over here yesterday and I need to come clean. We're battling with these this morning in our uh, young family's Sunday school class, battling the voices in our head. And what voice are you listening to? I want to encourage you, you're not weird because you hear voices. We all hear voices in our head. The problem is, wh where, what's the source of the voice? Is it the enemy? Is it a lie? Is it God? Is it me? How many of you know my voice sometimes is my biggest enemy? Sometimes the voice, your own voice in your head, what you're saying to yourself is your biggest enemy. And we have to be able to identify that. And part of walking with God and getting out of our desert is to get in the Word. Get the Word in us. Your Word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. 
and that we must be filled with the Spirit. If you don't know this, it is a separate thing. I do believe that we get a measure of the Holy Spirit. Scripture tells us that we cannot even say Jesus is Lord without the Holy Spirit. But in five instances in the New Testament, it talks about people have believed, received Christ, and been baptized, and then were baptized in the Holy Spirit. There is more. We must be full of the Spirit to even be able to understand the Word of God. The Word of God, the Holy Spirit, Scripture tells us, says that He is our teacher. And that He tells us what the Father is saying. We must have the Holy Spirit. Some of y'all brought up in Baptist backgrounds or in religious, uh, different religious backgrounds that might be new. Take it up against the Word of God. Measure that up. Take that word and say, okay, Holy Spirit, it says the pastor's saying something about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Do I need that or not? And talk to him about it. And then finally, in order to walk with the Lord, we've got to be connected to the body. Do you know that you've walked through something that I'm about to walk through? That you've been through challenges and you've been through situations with marriages and with kids and with life that you've been through that you can help the person sitting next to you get through and not make the same mistakes that you made? How many of you here have made a mistake in marriage? How many of you know that that is a tool to help someone else win? Anybody here ever made a mistake at work? Anybody? Amen. Me too. Anybody here ever made a mistake with your kids? Yesterday. <laughs> the day before that. And every day ever since I had a child. I mean, as a baby, I've probably dropped my kid half a dozen times. Where, where did Pete go? I was going to say that explains it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> do we not hit bumps in the road? We do. And, you know, if someone's going to pick up a child in the high school, I can tell them I think there's three speed bumps and they've just put some new ones there. So don't get up to 60 miles an hour. Slow down. You're going to break your car and you're going to break your mouth. But I've already been through that with three kids and about to start a fourth one with challenges at high school and things that we go through there. Now, we certainly don't have it all figured out, but we've walked through it. And those of you that's got kids that are about to go to high school, you need help. You need wisdom. You need patience. And by George, you need the Lord. So, we've got to walk together. So, I just want to try to dive in here very quickly. Deuteronomy chapter 7 says, When the Lord your God brings you into the land which you go to possess... He has cast out many nations before you, the Hittites, the Gergesites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites. Seven nations greater and mightier than you. Let me remind you, the enemies that we face are bigger and stronger than you. What does that mean? That means if I try to battle them on my own, I'm going to lose. Verse two, and when the Lord your God delivers them over to you, he doesn't say if, it says, when he does this, this is God's plan to deliver these enemies to you. You, say me, I, say I, I shall conquer them. Say that. 
not the pastor for you, not your husband, not your parents. You shall conquer them. That child gets it. I shall conquer them. What are you facing? You need to go home today saying, I shall conquer them and utterly destroy them. It goes on to say, don't marry with them, don't hang with them, get them out. All right, so uh, 1 Samuel 17 the assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord, and he will give you into our hands. We have to go to battle, but God delivers us the victory. He will give it into our hands. Ephesians 6, 12, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and against rulers for the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Do you know that Satan is lingering looking for that one that's out from the flock just a little bit? Getting out from under the cover of God just enough to where he can come in and, and snag you. You've got to be looking out. You've got to be looking out. And as we talked just a moment ago and in our Sunday school class, you've got to start taking to account the voices in your head. What is being said? How does that line up with God's word? How does that line up with God's spirit? How does that line up with the body of Christ? Get around wise people. And you know what? Expose those thoughts. As long as you hold them in the dark, they keep a hold of you. But when you expose them to light, so many times I've said things out of my mouth and I've had godly people say, well, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I'm like, what do you mean? It's true. No, it's not true. And all of a sudden, they bring light. They bring truth to the thought that I've had. You've got to bring it to light. It's why AA is so important, because you begin to share your story, and you say, I'm struggling. Well, okay, you can now be helped. The moment you can identify the enemy I'm facing is bigger than me, and I'm not supposed to face it alone. I'm supposed to face it with someone. And you know AA will circle you around um, the Lord that's the intent behind it. My message isn't today about AA, but that's the intent is to get you hooked up with God. Last uh, two weeks ago, we talked about the Hittite, which is a spirit of fear and dread. Again, this is an enemy that's in our camp, an enemy that is in the promised land as we're going. We're, we're taking these words, these ites, and taking the Hebrew and finding out the meaning of these names. Today is the Gergeshite. The Hebrew meaning of the Gergeshite is dense and thick. And what this is, is this is an enemy that is trying to keep you from learning. This is an enemy that flat out attacks your ability to learn spiritual things. I want to ask you a question. In the last five years, have you been growing spiritually? That's not for me to be critical of you. That is to identify that we may have an enemy at work. This is not a hereditary thing. This is not a gene thing. This is not because of who your parents are. This is because we face demonic uh, enemies. You were created by God with a purpose and a plan. And I'm, gonna, I'm going to take the word of God and fight that enemy that's banging around in your head today. 
with his word. My word's not going to fight it. God's word will fight it. We're talking about a demonic spirit that affects and interferes with a man's uh, or a woman's normal ability to comprehend. It can even go so far to say that we get so thick-headed and strong-headed that we put a wall up to where we can't be taught anymore. Do you know that God loves a learning spirit? He loves someone that's willing to be taught. He wants you to have a teachable spirit. And sometimes Satan inverts that, turns that around and makes you have an unteachable spirit. You know what scripture says about an unteachable person? They're a fool. So, this sounds kind of harsh. I don't mean it to be harsh, but so many times out of people's mouths say, I just don't understand. I'm just so confused. And I want to fight that this morning. I do not want to stay the same. I want to be learning and I want to be growing. And you know, part of learning and growing is having your beliefs tested. Having your way of doing things tested. And even now here at the church and as we're growing and as we're going forward with our vision, sometimes our learning, our, our growing gets tested. We have to come to a crossroads and say, okay, God's ways are higher than my ways. I may not be completely thinking this through. I must have wise people. I must have the word of God. I must have the spirit of God to teach me. But especially with someone like my personality, sometimes you just feel like you go forward so fastly that you don't even look back to see, are we on the right track? And we must slow down and seek the Lord. One of the ways that I have found when I'm really hurting and not hearing and not knowing how to go forward is fasting. Scripture says sometimes these enemies that we face, no other way to get through those except with prayer and fasting. My sermon today is not about fasting, but I want you to take the tools that are in the Word of God and begin to apply them to your situation. Don't just hope things go away. Be proactive. Be proactive in God's Word. Every time. Without exception that I have fasted and prayed, God's answered me. Every time. You would think that that would just be a a formula that every time I have a struggle, I'd fast and pray. No, it's usually the last thing I think of. I don't like fasting. Anybody like fasting? I don't like it at all. Why? Because it costs you something. I want to encourage you, if you do fast, seek wisdom and get around people that have fasted and had success. Don't fast and not pray. All you're doing is torturing yourself. If you're going to fast, when you get hungry, when you get to desiring that thing you're fasting, that's a call to pray. And pray according to God's word. Don't pray your word. Pray God's word. That your kingdom would come and your will would be done over my life. One of the most effective prayers of my life is praying that your kingdom would come and your will would be done in my life regardless of what I'm thinking. Regardless of what I'm wanting. 
that God's will would be done. The Gergeshite. The Lord is always trying to change us from glory to glory. And unfortunately, so many have married this identity of this enemy feeling like you can't learn. Many believe that they are dumb when they are not. You may have bought into it because of what a parent has said. You may have bought into it because of what a teacher has said. Do you know, there have been teachers in my life. I can remember the negative words that's been spoken over me, and I can remember the positive words. We are so affected by what people say that if I don't know better, when someone says something about me that does not line up with God and I don't know it, it's so easy to grab it and to believe it. I must know the word of God. Satan plants these seeds of unbelief through the words of our parents and friends and teachers and has convinced us that we are just this way. If you have been born again by the power of the Holy Spirit, you are able to understand and to learn God's ways and his word and his spirit. You are, you were created by him for that purpose, to get to know him. If you are struggling and you can't seem to receive spiritual penetration, I want, you, I want to encourage you that John chapter 10 verse 27 says that his sheep hear his voice. You should and you have every ability to hear the voice of God. If you're not hearing it, it's not God's problem. It's a problem with us. Anybody here had a season where you weren't hearing the Lord? We turn off. We don't even know it. This enemy comes in and puts a, puts a filter. And we don't realize it. And we think God's voice, we think my, I think my voice is God's voice. And I wonder why I'm stuck in the mud all the time. Anybody with me? Can anybody relate? I want to remind you, this is not human personality or traits. It's not your personality. These seven enemies are demonic spirits that attach themselves to human beings so that they can manifest in their own nature through a person. The Gurgicide is a spiritually dense demon that blends his nature with people to an extent that the individual believes that they cannot learn. Examine your life and don't allow pride to interfere with your ability to be honest with your present condition. You will never get over this enemy if you don't deny you have a problem. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. Let me fight this just for a second. We're going to fight with you, Gurgishite. And you already know you're going down. It said that, the enemy, that, that those enemies in the uh, promised land knew that the Israelites were coming. And they knew, they had already heard what God had done in Israel. And they knew they were going down. They were just waiting for the Israelites to show up. Waiting 40 years to be defeated. Do you realize that? The enemy knows they lost. We're just not walking this thing out. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct, that he may instruct them? But we have the mind of Christ. 
Do you hear that? If you have battled what's been said over you your whole life, I want you to try your best to purge that, to format that, to delete that, never to come back. You have the mind of Christ. Have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If you haven't, that's step one. Today, do not leave here. Right now, call upon the name of the Lord. All that call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Right now, call upon the name of the Lord. When we call upon him and we receive his spirit, when he saves us and we turn from our wicked ways and we repent of our sin and lay it at the cross and the blood of Jesus cleanses us of all unrighteousness, we in turn receive the mind of Christ. Somebody say amen. Amen. Say, I have the mind of Christ. Next scripture, uh, Savannah. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Now, I want you to know, who reveals what the Father is saying to us? Scripture tells us it's the Holy Spirit. Next scripture. But there is a spirit in a man, and the breath of the Almighty gives him understanding. It's a new day for you and your mind. It's a new day. You have an incredible mind. You have an incredible mind. Uh, Colossians 1.9, for this reason also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. You. Say me. All right, I'm out of time. I'm going to go quickly. We're going to cover one more. This one's a biggie, and I'll be quick. It's the Amorite. This one is a spirit of pride. I would encourage you, don't just take my word for it. Go and look this up in the Hebrew. Don't just blindly follow. Dig. You'll learn so much more if you'll do the digging. Dig. The Amorite means pride. Now listen to this. To say or speak using words eloquently. To certify oneself. To consider self first. To emulate or to find fault in others in order to promote oneself. The revelation of this enemy deals with publicity, prominence, and self-promotion. This Amorite spirit knows how to use their words to promote themselves. They desire to be noticed, recognized, and acknowledged everywhere they go. Now, if I'm hitting a nerve, I want to back up and say, don't be thinking about someone else, be thinking about you. There's enough issues right in front of your face. There's enough issues right here with you. Scripture says, quit looking at the speck in your brother's eye and look at the plank in your own. I haven't called you to fix everyone else. I've called you to fix you. I've given you victory for the enemies that you face. So, and you know what? It's kind of natural to want to promote yourself. And speaking positively according to God's word about yourself is one thing. But trying to promote yourself at the fault or at the demise of someone else is wrong. God will give the increase. 
God will establish you. God will bless the work of your hands. You are the head and not the tail. You don't have to go out here and do all your talking. Let God do your talking. God is your defender. God is the righteous judge. Find out what's coming out of your mouth and does this line up? If it doesn't, stop. Stop. Line up with the word. Make your mouth line up with the word. I had, the, I had a word this morning driving to church. Um, and I think it's Psalm 19. And it's, may, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, O God. That, that just hits my spirit just as I say it right now. Because so many times the things that are coming out of my mouth are selfish. And it's not pleasing to God. Do you know that selfish ambition is demonic wisdom? I'm sorry, I'm almost having y'all drink from a fire hydrant at this point. But listen to me, selfish ambition. In James chapter 4, James chapter 5, it talks about heavenly wisdom and demonic wisdom. Heavenly wisdom is selfless. Demonic wisdom is selfish. So let's pay attention to these voices in our head. Let's pay attention to these words that are coming out of my mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you. Let me not play a game with you, God. I know that I can say the right things at the right time. But I curse that in Jesus' name. That the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to God, not to you. Our mouth kills us. Our mouth kills us. So as we're looking at this spirit of pride, it's so easy. And man, I have fallen victim to it so many times. Do you know who fell because of pride? Satan. Satan wanted God's throne he wanted God's worship. It is a spirit of Satan. And I want you to hear me. Now, I, I pray this, and I prayed this this morning, and there's a difference between praying it and meaning it. How many of you know you can pray God's word but not mean it? That may sound a little bit backwards, but I can say the right things but not mean it. Do you know that God says, I hear your words, but your heart is far from me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you. The only way that I can line that up is to know God. I've got to know him for my heart to line up with him. I've got to know his word. I've got to know his ways. I've got to know his spirit. If you don't catch anything else today, may the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be pleasing to you, O oh God. Father, I just ask this morning that our hearts would be lined up with you. 
And that, Lord, your word says that we would hear your voice and we would know the voice of another. That we would know your voice versus an enemy's voice. Lord, I ask for those that are here right now that are hurting and that are contemplating choices. Lord, that we would just stop right where we are and seek you and ask you, Holy Spirit, for help. Your word says that if we will ask, if we would ask, we would receive. If we would knock, doors would be opened. If we would seek, we'll find. That God, you are a God that answers. And that God, you are Jehovah Jireh. You are the Lord, our provider. In Jesus' name, I speak against a spirit of pride. I ask you, Lord, for a spirit of discernment to be able to identify a prideful spirit within our heart that may be in our land. And Lord, let us fight that spirit with your word and with your spirit and with your body, exposing it to light and utterly destroying it. I just thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that your word says, whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. We just humble ourselves before you this morning, Lord, and just claim that you are our God. I ask you, Lord, as the pastor of this church, to fill this church with your spirit. And I don't mean the walls, I mean the bodies. We are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Fill us with your spirit. And Lord, let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name. Everybody say.